Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honoured that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, and thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning in every week. Every week we have thousands of people listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast, and it still to this day blows my mind that so many people listen to this podcast. We are zooming ahead to nearly 1 million downloads. How incredibly crazy is that, that someone on a whim said to me one day, you should just start a podcast. And I started a podcast and now here we are. There's been babies, there's been pregnancies. I mean, just last year we had nearly 500 clients and I've trained as a life coach and a mind-body practitioner, never in a million years. So wherever you are right now, You have no idea potentially where you could be in five to 10 years. I never once for a moment thought that talking about things like sperm would be something that I would be doing as a profession. Never in a million years, if you ask me. So I've just turned 40. So in my 30s, I had no idea that this was coming. So anyway, let's get started. And what we're talking about today is which is better? And which should come first? Working on the emotional stuff, if you are finding infertility like hard, if you are starting to struggle, find yourself going a little bit down the rabbit hole of your emotions, having tougher and tougher days. Do you focus on the emotional stuff of infertility, loss, trying to conceive, or any challenge that you're having in your life? Or do you focus on getting your diet and your like lifestyle and everything like that back on track. If you had asked me this, let's say five years ago, my answer would have been different. And to give you some background, you may not know this, but when I started, I don't know even what you would call it, blogging, having a website, I had a recipe website. I was one of those people that published recipes and food stuff. I was published in two cookbooks. And so what I did was like all food stuff. And I was, I had thousands of people visiting my website every month for recipes and they were plant-based recipes. I had gone and a kind of alongside when as we started trying to conceive, so it all kind of started when I was 30, started a journey towards a plant-based diet. And it wasn't necessarily for any health or well-being reasons. I'd been vegetarian since I was about 14 on and off because of um, I went on this holiday to Rotnest and these boys went fishing and then they were like smacking the fish on the pavement to kill them and I was like that ain't right and then 
someone caught an octopus and this poor little octopus was like trying to get out of the plastic bag. And I just, that night, and I was staying with friends, parents. So sometimes I look back at myself when I was a teenager and I was like, well, I was probably a bit difficult. But that night I declared that I was vegetarian. I wasn't going to eat any meat. And I mostly stuck to it for years. I went to live in Japan as an exchange student and before I went, someone was like, the two things, like don't insult them with food and don't insult them by being late because those things are really important to people with a Japanese culture. And I was like, okay, got it. So I was like, I'm not just going to eat whatever food they give me. So then I came back for maybe like one year or two years when I came back, I ate whatever I ate. And then I became vegetarian again when my husband and I moved out of home and we just never, like, we didn't want to really buy meat or eat meat. So I became vegetarian again. But I ate a lot, y'all, I ate a lot of cheese. I'm one of those people who was like, my cheese is my love language. So then just read these, a few books as I was trying to get pregnant because I went to see a naturopath when we started trying to conceive. I went to see a naturopath who said to me, consider vegetarian sources of protein like quinoa. This is before quinoa or kale or any of that was a thing. So try things like quinoa or amaranth. And I was like, what are these foods? And so I went on to Book Depository and I bought these cookbooks and I thought if anybody knows about vegetarian sources of protein, it's the vegans. And I read these books. I became completely outraged because they talked a lot about animal cruelty and became vegan. So I started the vegan blog. And so diet became really important to me. And I felt really, to be honest, I felt really great eating a plant-based diet. But so if you'd asked me four or five years ago, I would have said to you hundred percent, like what, which is better diet. However, as my journey of trying to conceive went on and particularly as I started training, as I worked with clients one-on-one, as we had clients who were working through my programs, I had this really big learning moment or experience. And that was that, oh man, lots of them. There is not anyone out there who really I don't know, stuffs their face with cake all the time just because they have low willpower or just because they're lazy or anything like that. No one does that. There are people whose hormones are completely trashed and it's almost like they could eat just a piece of lettuce and they wouldn't feel great. There are people out there who, especially people who I work with, because I work primarily with type A's, who develop really disordered eating as a result of things like fertility diets. Really obsessive eating habits like orthorexia. And it completely, it messes with their mind and it sends them even further downhill. I've learned that we as women have been fed diet images. We've been told, we've been, almost everybody I know 
has been on a diet who is a woman. Now that I am in a like it, it never really crossed my mind before. But nowadays, I see things like these Instagram filters, and I hate them. Even when people post, I don't know if you've seen it, that one that it says, "This doesn't look like my face." And I saw someone else use this filter, and I thought that was their face, but it doesn't. And every time people do that, I'm like, "You're not helping. You're contributing." We have been fed all of these messages of all of the ways that we should hate our bodies, all of the reasons why we're not perfect and why we should be perfect and why if you're not perfect, you're a failure. And we're all a little bit messed up in the head about food. We've by and large been taught that restriction is the way that we get healthy and it's actually not. And so I've had lots and lots of clients of all different body shapes and sizes, of all different mindsets. I've had some clients who have been in a really poor mental state, some clients who have by and large been in a fairly good mental state but want to want the support and want to thrive. And I've seen just how much we can feed into obsession. But also, because we're going through something really emotionally hard, we, again, have these messages of perfection or nothing. If I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. And if I'm not perfect and my cycle doesn't take, then it's obviously me and my fault. We have we develop very low self-confidence. We embark on eating regimes that are not built for long-term health. They're really restrictive. They're really sometimes, I mean, when we look at common sense, they don't even follow common sense. Like what you would you'd be like, well, this this goes against what I would logically. So not in terms of, you know, what we've been fed by society, but what logically I would think would equal good health. It's not necessarily realistic and our goals become really lofty and ridiculous and we're all, we be, become obsessed with looking for silver bullets to try and get pregnant. What I have found is that things like fertility diets can feed the obsession of needing to be perfect, feed the obsession of restriction, feed the feelings of failure and the lowering of our self-confidence. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website or on Instagram at Robin Birkin. All right, let's get back to it. So whilst a healthy and a whole foods diet is a very worthy thing of having. I think that getting your emotional well-being and mental health in a very strong position is absolutely more important and worthy of focusing on first. And I'll I want to talk about this further. So if you looked at a wheel of life, okay, so a wheel of life is you get a piece of paper, you draw a circle, you 
like slice it almost like into pizza. You slice it into pizza shapes and then you write the different areas of your life and there's no set areas of your life that you have to write in there. So you might say like spiritual as one. So for you, that might mean your religion. For you, it might mean practices for self-care, things like that. You might, you'll write physical health in there. You might write fitness or movement in there. You might write emotional health and well-being. You can write, you write relationships, career, finances, whatever you want. Okay. So put it into pizza shapes, about eight pizza shapes and write some of the core areas in your life. Then what you will do in a wheel of life is you will rank each of these from one to 10. So if you have not done a wheel of life in the last year or ever, I encourage you to sit down just today and do one. It takes all of, you know, five minutes to do. Rank each area from one to 10 and have a look at what actually, how actually am I going in these areas? And what I often find when I do the wheel of life with uh, clients, when I've had one-to-one clients, for example, is that... When I talk about like food and fitness, most of them rank pretty well, regardless of body size, because body size is not an indicator of health or habits or lifestyle, regardless of what I, I'm like, how do you, how are you with, you know, like what you eat? And they're like, I eat pretty well. Like I eat a whole foods diet every now and then I might have a slice of pizza or something. So does that make me a terrible person? I'm like, fuck no. Because perfection is a unicorn, it doesn't exist. So if you're holding yourself up to the standard of perfection, then you're basically setting yourself up for a head fuck. When we go through these areas, I'm like, so so people might rank them, they might go, I'm like a six. Okay, why are you a six? What is your, what does it look like for you? And it's like these tiny little things, like is gluten and dairy free and this and that? Do you need to eat gluten free? Do you have an intolerance to gluten and dairy? Like, talk to me more about this. And it's just because, well, I read an article on the internet that said that, you know, I need to be gluten and dairy free. And that, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong sometimes with going through things like elimination diets to kind of see what's going on for you and how you feel if you're in a mentally strong position. But I do think that why are we doing all of these really restrictive and not long-term things just because we think that's what we should be doing, okay? But by and large, when we do that, people are like, and I'm like, so is it really a six? And they're like, well, actually, it's probably more like an eight or nine. So I'm like, okay, it's an eight or nine. We go through, you know, career, how's that going for you, blah, blah, blah. Emotional health is fairly low. No brainer. Focus on your emotional health. But so often, we it's almost like we ignore the emotional side of things because we think we should be doing the diet stuff. Well, when we are in a highly stressed state, like chronic stress, our body shuts down digestion, our body shuts down reproduction, our body holds on to as much weight as it can because it's like, things are not right. Is winter coming? Are we going to starve? We're not safe. When your body doesn't feel safe, whether that is through past trauma, whether that's just because you're going through a really stressful time in your life, your body's going to fight you uphill all of the way you are going to end up self-sabotaging. You might end up binging. You might end up just generally holding onto weight and feeling really tired. Your digestion will be wonky. One of the core things that I see with women who are navigating significant amounts of anxiety through trying to conceive is with your bowels, it's like either one way or the other. 
our minds and our bodies are one. They're not separate. And you're, when you have significant stuff going on with your anxiety, it's going to affect your mind. And what happens if you're not ranking strongly in terms of like self-confidence, in terms of being able to love yourself, in terms of being able to set realistic and long-term goals for health, it's going to feel really, really hard to embark on that big, you know, inverted commas diet that you want and your body is going to fight you the whole way like you're still going to feel like you've got wonky digestion you're still going to have episodes so which is better and which should you do first I would argue it's the emotional stuff because once you if you're in a mentally strong state and you say okay you know what I'm going to start working with a naturopath or a nutritionist or a dietitian it's actually going to be so much easier Number one, because you your hormones are more in flow from a stress perspective. When you have a constant drip of cortisol, your body is not really optimizing delivering hormones to other parts of your body. They all come from the same building blocks. So cortisol is kind of like the bully hormone. If your body needs cortisol, your body is always going to prioritize providing cortisol over providing other hormones. If all of that is in flow, you've got really strong mental habits. You have worked on self-love and self-confidence. It's actually going to be so much easier to achieve any kind of diet goals that you have. And if your body feels unsafe, it's going to be like everything's going to feel uphill anyway. So it might not even be that you have like big issues with things like, I don't know, dairy or gluten or whatever it is, it might actually be that your body's not, your digestion's not working well, for example, because of other stuff. Uh, And all that's going to happen if all you do is focus on your diet without first addressing what is going on for you in terms of stress and emotions is that it's almost going to feel like you have to restrict more and more and more and more foods. You like it, you know, you're going to be constantly saying like, I'm not perfect enough. You're going to be constantly thinking that there's something else that's not right. And it's, it's actually going to send you backwards instead of forwards. And the thing that I didn't realize when I was going through all of this is because I was doing, I was kind of making little changes and big changes to my mindset all at the same time. And it was only after, you know, I started working with clients and I was like, hang on a second, you know, learning about neuropsychoimmunology when I was training that I was like, hang on, all of the mindset stuff that I was doing, the emotional stuff that I was doing was more significant and that it was all connected and more connected than I thought it was at the time. So if you are like, you know, I want to make changes to my life and Next episode is going to be all about some of the changes that I'm making. I'm going to start giving you some sneak peeks into my life. But really look at like, why am I making these changes? Am I making these changes from a place of fear or from a place of self-love? Am I looking, trying to make these changes because I'm looking for a quick fix? Or am I looking for a really long-term lifestyle change that comes from a place of health? Like, am I wanting to do this for me or wanting to do this just because I'm like so desperate to have a baby I'm like whatever am I doing this from a place of restriction and feeling like I have to be perfect in order to achieve this do I need help in other areas 
first and what are my goals, right? What What is it that I am truly trying to achieve and where are my sources of information? You know, what, again, going back to help, am I really looking at qualified sources of information or am I just going down the Google rabbit hole of this person said this and this person said that and really looking at what is going to be a long-term sustainable, healthy, energizing, joyful life for me? Or am I just like head down, bum up, enjoy some torture so that I can make this happen? Because it's going to feel uphill the entire way if it's that second half. So that's some things to think on. But 100%, I'm in the emotional camp. Fix that, then start working on all of the other stuff because all of the other stuff is going to feel like rolling shit uphill if your emotions and your emotional state and your anxiety is sinking lower and lower and lower and lower. I hope that's been helpful. Thank you so much for listening to me today. It is a pleasure, as always. And I'll catch you next week as I talk about a little bit more about my journey, my health, what's been going on for me lately and turning 40 and what that's been all about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times. Sustainable and small steps lifestyle support, helping you conquer your diet goals, your movement goals, cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way. And lastly, and what I think is most importantly, emotional well-being. Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learned the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.